Section 9 of The Blue Poetry Book, edited by Andrew Lang. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To Helen Helen, thy beauty is to me like those Nician barks of yore, that gently o'er a perfumed sea the weary wayworn wanderer bore to his own native shore. On desperate seas long wont to roam, thy hyacinth hair, thy classic face, thy naiad airs have brought me home to the glory that was Greece, to the grandeur that was Rome. Lo, in yon brilliant window niche, how statue-like I see thee stand, the agate lamp within thy hand, ah, Psyche, from the regions which are holy land. Edgar Allan Poe Skylark, bird of the wilderness, blithesome and cumberless, sweet be thy matin or moorland and lee, emblem of happiness, blessed is thy dwelling place, O oh, to abide in the desert with thee. Wild is thy lay and loud, far in the downy cloud. Love gives it energy, love gave it birth. Where on thy dewy wing, where art thou journeying? Thy lay is in heaven, thy love is on earth or fell in mountain sheen, or moor and mountain green, or the red streamer that heralds the day, over the cloudlet dim, over the rainbow's rim, musical cherub, soar, singing away. Then when the gloaming comes, low in the heather blooms, sweet will thy welcome and bed of love be. Emblem of happiness, blessed is thy dwelling place, O oh, to abide in the desert with thee. James Hogg Fidele. Fear no more the heat of the sun, nor the furious winter's rages. Thou thy worldly task hast done, home art gone and tain thy wages. Golden lads and girls all must, as chimney sweepers, come to dust. Fear no more the frown of the great, thou art past the tyrant's stroke. Care no more to clothe and eat, to thee the reed is as the oak. The scepter, learning, physic, must all follow this, and come to dust. Fear no more the lightning flash, nor the all-dreaded thunder-tone. Fear not slander, censure, rash. Thou hast finished joy and moan, all lovers young, all lovers must consign to thee, and come to dust. William Shakespeare Cumnor Hall the dews of summer night did fall. The moon, sweet regent of the sky, silvered the walls of Cumnor Hall, and many an oak that grew nearby. Now naught was heard beneath the skies, the sounds of busy life were still, save an unhappy lady's sighs that issued from that lonely pile. Leicester, she cried, is this thy love that thou so oft hast sworn to me to leave me in this lonely grove, immured in shameful privity? No more thou comest with lover's speed thy once beloved bride to see. But be she alive or be she dead, I fear, stern earl, is the same to thee. Not so the usage I received when happy in my father's hall no faithless husband than me grieved. No chilling fears did me appall. 
I rose up with the cheerful morn, no lark more blithe, no flower more gay. And like the bird that haunts the thorn, so merrily sung the live-long day. If that my beauty is but small among court ladies all despised, why didst thou rend it from that hall, where, scornful earl, it well was prized? But Leicester, or I much am wrong, or tis not beauty lures thy vows, rather ambition's gilded crown makes thee forget thy humble spouse. Then, Leicester, why, again I plead, the injured surely may repine. Why didst thou wed a country maid when some fair princess might be thine? Why didst thou praise my humble charms and, oh, then leave them to decay? Why didst thou win me to thy arms, then leave to mourn the live-long day? The village maidens of the plain salute me lowly as they go. Envious they mark my silken train, nor think a countess can have woe. How far less blessed am I than them, daily to pine and waste with care, like the poor plant that from its stem divided feels the chilling air. My spirits flag, my hopes decay, still that dread death-bell smites my ear, and many a boding seems to say, Countess, prepare thy end is near. Thus sore and sad, that lady grieved, in Cumnor Hall so lone and drear, and many a heartfelt sigh she heaved, and let fall many a bitter tear. And ere the dawn of day appeared in Cumnor Hall so lone and drear, full many a piercing scream was heard, and many a cry of mortal fear. The death-bell thrice was heard to ring, an aerial voice was heard to call, and thrice the raven flapped its wing around the towers of Cumnor Hall. The mastiff howled at village door, the oaks were shattered on the green. Woe was the hour, for never more that hapless countess e'er was seen. And in that manner now no more is cheerful feast and sprightly ball, for ever since that dreary hour, have spirits haunted Cumnor Hall. The village maids with fearful glance avoid the ancient moss-grown wall, nor ever lead the merry dance among the groves of Cumnor Hall. Full many a traveller oft hath sighed, and pensive wept the countess fall, as wandering onwards they've espied the haunted towers of Cumnor Hall. By William Julius Mickle To a Skylark Hail to thee, blithe spirit, Bird thou never wert, That from heaven or near it Pourest thy full heart In profuse strains of unpremeditated art. Higher still and higher From the earth thou springest, Like a cloud of fire The blue deep thou wingest, And singing still dost soar, And soaring ever singest, in the golden lightning of the sunken sun, o'er which clouds are brightening, thou dost float and run like an embodied joy whose race is just begun. The pale purple even melts around thy flight like a star of heaven in the broad daylight. Thou art unseen, but yet I hear thy shrill delight. Keen as are the arrows of that silver sphere, 
whose intense lamp narrows in the white dawn clear until we hardly see, we feel that it is there. All the earth and air with thy voice is loud, as when night is bare, from one lonely cloud the moon rains out her beams, and heaven is overflowed. What thou art we know not, what is most like thee, from rainbow clouds there flow not drops so bright to see as from thy presence showers a rain of melody. Like a poet hidden in the light of thought, singing hymns unbidden till the world is wrought to sympathy with hopes and fears it heeded not. Like a high-born maiden in a palace tower, soothing her love-laden soul in secret hour with music sweet as love which overflows her bower. Like a glow-worm, golden in a dell of dew, scattering, unbeholden, its aerial hue among the flowers and grass which screen it from the view. Like a rose embowered in its own green leaves, by warm winds deflowered, till the scent it gives makes faint with too much sweet these heavy-winged thieves. Sound of vernal showers on the twinkling grass, rain-awakened flowers, all that ever was joyous and clear and fresh, thy music doth surpass. Teach us, sprite or bird, what sweet thoughts are thine. I have never heard praise of love or wine that panted forth a flood of rapture so divine. Chorus hymeneal, or triumphal chaunt, matched with thine, would be all but an empty vaunt, a thing wherein we feel there is some hidden want. What objects are the fountains of thy happy strain? What fields, or waves, or mountains? What shapes of sky, or plain? What love of thine own kind? What ignorance of pain? With thy clear keen joyance, languor cannot be. Shadow of annoyance never came near thee. Thou lovest, but never knew love's sad satiety. Waking or asleep, thou of death must deem things more true and deep than we mortals dream. Or how could thy notes flow in such a crystal stream? We look before and after, and pine for what is not. Our sincerest laughter with some pain is fraught. Our sweetest songs are those that tell of saddest thought. Yet, if we could scorn hate and pride and fear, If we were things born not to shed a tear, I know not how thy joy we ever should come near. Better than all measures of delightful sound, Better than all treasures that in books are found, Thy skill to poet were, thou scorner of the ground. Teach me half the gladness that thy brain must know, Such harmonious madness from my lips would flow, The world should listen then, as I am listening now. Percy Bysshe Shelley The Nightingale As it fell upon a day in the merry month of May, Sitting in a pleasant shade, which a grove of myrtles made, Beasts did leap and birds did sing, Trees did grow and plants did spring, 
Everything did banish moan, save the nightingale alone. She, poor bird, as all forlorn, leaned her breast against a thorn, and there sung the dolefulest ditty that to hear it was a great pity. Fie, 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 now would she cry, teru, teru, by and by, that to hear her so complain, scarce I could from tears refrain. For her grief so lively shone, made me think upon mine own. Ah, thought I, thou mournest in vain, none takes pity on thy pain. Senseless trees, they cannot hear thee, ruthless beasts, they will not cheer thee. King Pandion, he is dead, all thy friends are lapped in lead, all thy fellow birds do sing, careless of thy sorrowing. Even so, poor bird, like thee, none alive will pity me. Richard Barnfield The Sleeper At midnight in the month of June I stand beneath the mystic moon. An opiate vapor, dewy, dim, exhales from out her golden rim, and softly dripping, drop by drop, under the quiet mountain top, steals drowsily and musically into the universal valley. The rosemary nods upon the grave, the lily lolls upon the wave, wrapping the fog about its breast, the ruin moulders into rest, looking like Lethe, see, the lake. A conscious slumber seems to take, and would not for the world awake. All beauty sleeps, and lo, where lies her casement open to the skies, Irene with her destinies. O lady bright, can it be right, this window open to the night, the wanton airs from the tree-top, laughingly through the lattice drop, the bodiless airs, a wizard rout, flit through my chamber, in and out, and wave the curtain canopy, so fitfully, so fearfully. Above the closed and fringed lid, neath which thy slumbering soul lies hid, that o'er the floor and down the wall, like ghosts the shadows rise and fall. O lady dear, hast thou no fear? Why and what art thou dreaming here? Sure thou art come o'er far-off seas, a wonder to these garden trees. Strange is thy pallor, strange thy dress, strange above all thy length of tress, and this all-solemn silentness. The lady sleeps, Oh, may her sleep, which is enduring, so be deep. Heaven have her in its sacred keep. This chamber changed for one more holy, this bed for one more melancholy. I pray to God that she may lie forever with unopened eye, while the dim-sheeted ghosts go by. My love, she sleeps. Oh, may her sleep, as it is lasting, so be deep. Soft may the worms about her creep. Far in the forest, dim and old, For her may some tall vault unfold, Some vault that oft hath flung its black And winged panels fluttering back, Triumphant o'er the crested palls Of her grand family funerals, Some sepulchre remote, alone, Against whose portal she hath thrown In childhood many an idle stone, some tomb from out whose sounding door she ne'er shall force an echo more. 
thrilling to think, poor child of sin, it was the dead who groaned within. Edgar Allan Poe Spring Spring, the sweet spring, is the year's pleasant king, then blooms each thing, then maids dance in a ring. Cold doth not sting, the pretty birds do sing. Cuckoo, jug jug, pooey, tooey to woo. The palm and may make country houses gay, lambs frisk and play, the shepherds pipe all day, and we hear I birds tune this merry lay. Cuckoo, jug jug, pooey, tooey to woo. The fields breathe sweet, the daisies kiss our feet, young lovers meet, old wives a sunning sit. In every street these tunes our ears do greet. Cuckoo, jug jug, pooey, tooey to woo. Spring, the sweet spring. By Thomas Nash. The Battle of Naseby by Obadiah bind their kings in chains and their nobles with links of iron, sergeant in Ireton's regiment. Oh, wherefore come ye forth in triumph from the north, with your hands and your feet and your raiment all red? And wherefore doth your rout send forth a joyous shout? And whence be the grapes of the wine-press which ye tread? Oh, evil was the root, and bitter was the fruit, and crimson was the juice of the vintage that we trod, for we trampled on the throng of the hearty and the strong, who sate in the high places and slew the saints of God. It was about the noon of a glorious day of June that we saw their banners dance and their cuirasses shine. And the man of blood was there with his long-essenced hair, and Astley and Sir Marmaduke and Rupert of the Rhine. Like a servant of the Lord, with his Bible and his sword, the general rode along us to form us to the fight, when a murmuring sound broke out and swelled into a shout among the godless horsemen upon the tyrant's right. And hark, like the roar of the billows on the shore, the cry of battle rises along their charging line, For God, for the cause, for the church, for the laws, for Charles, King of England, and Rupert of the Rhine. The furious German comes with his clarions and his drums, his bravos of Alsatia and pages of Whitehall. They are bursting on our flanks. Grasp your pikes, close your ranks, for Rupert never comes but to conquer or to fall. They are here, they rush on. We are broken, we are gone. Our left is borne before them like stubble on the blast. O Lord, put forth thy might. O Lord, defend the right. Stand back to back in God's name and fight it to the last. Stout Skippen hath a wound. The center hath given ground. Hark, hark, what means the trampling of horsemen on our rear? What banner do I see, boys? Tis he, thank God, tis he, boys. Bear up another minute, brave Oliver is here. Their heads all stooping low, their points all in a row, like a whirlwind on the trees, like a deluge on the dikes, our cuirassers have burst on the ranks of the accursed, and at a shock have scattered the forest of his pikes. Fast, 
fast the gallants ride in some safe nook to hide their coward heads predestined to rot on temple bar. And he, he turns, he flies. Shame on those cruel eyes that bore to look on torture and dare not look on war. Ho, comrades, scour the plain, and ere ye strip the slain, first give another stab to make your search secure. Then shake from sleeves and pockets their broad pieces and lockets, the tokens of the wanton, the plunder of the poor. Fools, your doublets shone with gold, and your hearts were gay and bold when you kissed your lily hands to your lemons today, and tomorrow shall the fox from her chamber in the rocks lead forth her tawny cubs to howl above the prey. Where be your tongues that late mocked at heaven and hell and fate, and the fingers that once were so busy with your blades, your perfumed satin clothes, your catches and your oaths, your stage plays and your sonnets, your diamonds and your spades? Down, down, forever down with the mitre and the crown, with the belial of the court and the mammon of the pope. There is woe in Oxford halls, there is wail in Durham's stalls, the Jesuit smites his bosom, the bishop rends his cope, and she of the seven hills shall mourn her children's ills, and tremble when she thinks on the edge of England's sword, and the kings of earth in fear shall shudder when they hear what the hand of God hath wrought for the houses and the word. Lord Macaulay Roosevelt Oh, listen, listen, ladies gay, No haughty feet of arms I tell. Soft is the note, and sad the lay, That mourns the lovely Rosabelle. Moor, moor the barge ye gallant crew, And gentle lady deign to stay. Rest thee in Castle Revenshoe, Nor tempt the stormy firth to-day. The blackening wave is edged with white, To inch and rock the sea-mews fly. The fishers have heard the water-sprite, Who screams for bow that wreck is nigh. Last night the gifted seer did view A wet shroud swathed round Lady Gay. Then stay thee fair in Ravenshoe. Why cross the gloomy firth to-day? Tis not because Lord Lindsay's heir To-night at Roslyn leads the ball, But that my lady mother there Sits lonely in her castle hall. Tis not because the ring they ride, And Lindsay at the ring rides well, But that my sire the wine will chide, If tis not filled by Rosabelle. Or Rosalind all that dreary night A wondrous blaze was seen to gleam. T'was broader than the watchfire's light, And redder than the bright moonbeam. It glared on Rosalind's castled rock, It ruddied all the copse wood glen. T'was seen from Dryden's groves of oak, and seen from cavern Hawthornden, Seemed all on fire that chapel proud, Where Rosalind's chiefs uncoffined lie, Each baron for a sable shroud Sheathed in his iron panoply. Seemed all on fire within, around, Deep sacristy and altars pale, Shone every pillar foliage bound, And glimmered all the dead men's mail. Blazed battlement and pennant high, Blazed every rose-carved buttress fair. So still they blazed, when fate is nigh, 
the lordly line of high St. Clair. There are twenty of Rosalind's barons bold lie buried within that proud chapelle. Each one the holy vault doth hold, but the sea holds lovely Rosabelle. And each St. Clair was buried there, with candle, with book, and with knell. But the sea caves rung, and the wild wings sung, the dirge of lovely Rosabelle. Sir Walter Scott End of Section 9 of The Blue Poetry Book Edited by Andrew Lang